0: Justin is—is uh, is Blake on today's episode?
1: Unfortunately, son of. A-
2: Just a bit outside.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome in to the greatest podcast out there. Just a bit outside. Harry Dole Fantasy Baseball's very own podcast numbers are growing listeners are coming on board wherever you listen to podcasts we welcome you inside this round one results episode i'm travis akins and joined alongside me as always the co-host the one the only mr justin deering justin how are you this afternoon
1: hey Travis, you cut out there for a minute. So I think you introduced me. So I'm going to say, what's up, everybody? Welcome into uh Just a Bit Outside. I'm excited. Round one is over. It's been an interesting week as me and Travis, I was the lucky winner of the lottery to be the insider this week and see the bids as they rolled in. And I think I refreshed that page over the last 46 hours, about 852 times waiting for Luke and Brady to submit their bids. Luckily, you know, Blake uh, brought in the idea of, "Hey Luke, I'll pay your bills if you freaking submit your bids," and he's a man of his word, and he followed through. Travis, what were your like, before we even get into into the actual results? Before we bring in our special guest for yes. raw reaction, talk to me a little bit about just your your thought process as this week went on as an insider as you saw things like come out. Like, what what was your week like as as the commissioner and? I guess, runner of the free agency.
0: Yeah. So seeing seeing the names come in kind of live, so to speak, as owners uh, brought them in, um, I guess overall, and we'll talk more about this, but, but generally, I guess you're going to find out the theme of round one for me was just uh, surprise. I I was surprised by uh, some of the bids. I was surprised by some of the teams that didn't make certain bids on particular players And so every time, you know, whether it was Los Tigres or whether it was censored by the commission, whoever it was, when those, when those bids came in, generally, I was a little surprised one way or another about how teams were approaching the first round of the 2019 free agent bidding system.
1: Well, before we get in and hit that big story breaker, I do want to bring up something that was sent to me just shortly ago. Um by uh, one of the owners in our league, there was $518.45 of total money available in the league for 2019. In round one, 232 total dollars were spent. So just over half of the available contracts yep. were spent in the biggest round of free agency. Uh, you're looking at the, the biggest names are gone. Uh, and we'll get into that towards the end of the show, kind of looking ahead at the next round. But, those big names are gone and only half the money available spent, which makes me think something we've talked about twice now, and this will be the third time it's brought up that there is legitimate planning ahead for 2020 and the possibility of the mega class. And I don't know if that's a smart move or if it's, it. I mean, it'll all play out. It'll all pan out to see if there's like a tier one teams and tier two teams like we've talked about every year. There's always the top four or five teams. Now things are coming closer together, but with the, the way round one shaped out, it's it's different. It, it was a weird year. I think I, I I think as Blake was at my house hanging out last night, begging to see <laughs> the spreadsheet. Um, I said, Blake, just just be prepared. I think I, I entitled round one is just some weird shits going on, man. Just some weird shit. So let's get into that round one.
0: Of course, the big story of this week's episode is round one. And, Justin, I even want to get into the big, big story of round one. Let's talk about the biggest contract ever given out in Harry Dole fantasy baseball history. The one, the only Mr. Max Scherzer goes for a whopping total value contract of $105.15. And that is not over five years. No, he's going for three years at $35 a year. Bolding Beavers won the rights to Max Scherzer. Now, we're going to bring in our guests in just a moment, but Justin, give me your initial reaction to this three-year, $35 contract given out to the two-colored-eyed Max Scherzer.
1: Well, um, I don't want to spoil, you know, I had a conversation with our special guest about 25 minutes ago and I don't want to spoil his insight, but, um, I really feel like this was absolutely brilliant because when I'm looking at these contracts, never once in my mind did I even think, Hey, let's go three years for 30. That'll throw it off. No one's going to do that. Everything in my head was four or five years at twenty to twenty five dollars for Max Scherzer, or below. Tw- I didn't. I didn't even put a bid on him. But if I was going to, it was going to be in the four or five range, twenty to twenty five dollars. But I didn't think I had a shot in hell of winning him, so I didn't go after it. But then when when that that bid came in, I I mean I could pull up the text message, but I know what it said. The text message between me and you was like, "Oh, I mean we were we were baffled. That was something I don't think either one of us really expected. A short term." gigantic contract. I don't think that was on the radar when we when you sent out that submit your bids last week.
0: No, I totally agree. Um, and, and even at four or five years with Max Scherzer as, as, as the player here, personally, I didn't have the money for, for even a one year Max Scherzer bid, but, but four or five years, I thought, man, that's too long for Max Scherzer with his age and you just never know with, with, with pitchers how they go. Look at Clayton Kershaw. But, man, three years. and, and let, to, to piggyback on what you said, how smart of a bid this is, Land takes what was the highest contract ever given, which, by the way, Land gave that contract to Clayton Kershaw four years ago at $20 a year for a five-year max contract. But he took the max, the biggest ever given, which was $20 a year, and he, he did some uh, maneuvering and some thinking and calculations. So if someone was going to try to beat that, what would, what would it take to get him at three years at that total value? And he just gets up over what exactly happened. And so um, the next biggest contract bid for Max Scherzer was at five years at $20.10 this is a five dollar uh, total value contract win for Bolding Beavers, and the owner that gave that five year twenty dollar and ten cent bid to Max Scherzer is there is our guest that we want to spend some time. With. Yes,
1: please welcome to the show. Just a bit outside, the owner of Censored by the Commission, the man who said, "I will get Max Scherzer. I will." Get Corey Kluber, and I will get everybody I want because I've got all this money from some interesting trades I've made over the last couple of years. Blake, Mitchmore, more. How you doing?
2: Not good, boys. Not good.
1: Blake, are, are you are, are you are you surviving today? I know. I know when we talked earlier before the show, you were you were sad. I think was the first word, and then the second word was, I mean, I'm not mad. I'm impressed, and then the third was, No, I'm 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 still sad and and, and kind of pissed.
2: I don't know that I ever said sad. I mean, it was more pissed than anything because I mean, I, I made it obvious that was who I was targeting and you know, I just land can suck it. That's all I can say. Just out of, out of complete curiosity, Blake,
0: just kind of a little bit of hindsight, because you've, you've only seen the bids, uh, an hour or so that we released them. And we started recording pretty quick after the bids were released, but just kind of in your quick, uh thinking about this did they kind of announcing just out of curiosity did kind of announcing Max Scherzer was your guy and you had one of the, the bigger available uh caps out there did, do you think that hurt you is that do you think land began to play with that knowing you were going to go big
2: on him i mean maybe in 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 the eyes of land because land knew i think you know land may have thought that I was really realistically the only one he had to beat. Um but I mean I don't know to be, you know, just to be honest, probably maybe a little bit.
1: Well, let me ask you this Blake, now that we uh we kind of know how round 1 shapes up. I mean, you have to look at it as yes, I mean, and this is something you mentioned to me earlier today when we were talking is that yes, you lost this bid out. Yes, he was your number one target, but you also weren't sold on five years. You were going no, five years. No, You were going five years, thinking if I go five years, no one's going to beat that. Um, so, what I, my question is: your first response to seeing three years at thirty-five? We've we've kind of got that, but there's also even though you're upset you don't have, there's got to be a little bit of you know I'm okay with it because. I wasn't sold on five years. I was throwing that fifth year in to kind of make sure I sealed it. What does that do for you moving forward with round two? And I mean, again, for the fourth time in three weeks, the mega class of 2020 that's on the horizon.
2: Well, I mean, if I'm being just 100% honest across the board, initial reaction was pissed. But, I, I mean, I echo what you said a couple minutes ago. What he did was genius. You know... Figuring out that he could offer this huge money three-year contract to get him was was really smart on his part. And, yeah, I mean, I went – did I want to go five years on him? No, absolutely not. I did it because I thought that's what I had to do to get him because I figured there were going to be other four- to five-year bids that were going to be in that, like you said, $20 to $25 range. So – I mean, does it suck to not have the number 1 pitcher in the game? Yeah, but um I'm, you know, I'm still overall pretty happy with what I did in round 1. Um and I won't lie, 100% part of my plan in my bids in round 1 even with Scherzer was to keep flexibility for next year and now I'll have even more. Whereas I might, you know, I may have been able to go after one of the big fish next year. Now, maybe, maybe I'll be able to go after two. And I'm curious to both of you, Justin and Blake, you you know, uh, when,
0: when land did this four years ago with Clayton Kershaw, that became this kind of unspoken, you know, ceiling, right. $20 a year. No one's ever gotten that kind of money uh, since Clayton Kershaw and until, until this free agent uh, off season, but do you, do you think land has maybe broken a new a new ceiling here? He's got of broken a new barrier, so to speak, when it comes to free agent bidding. Thought about the money and the years differently now that we might see some of this uh, a little more coming in the, in the future years?
1: Well, I think what we've seen, and it started last year, and I know I don't do this often, but I am going to give Chris some credit. Um, we've seen a shift in the last two years of building almost it's kind of like what you see in the NBA like super teams coming together with multiple big names and a bunch of people that can just produce points that's kind of the the strategy that worked for Chris last year he got some good trades his first year he made some huge signings last year and then he filled those holes with awesome waiver wire players that kind of took over and if you look at if you look at lands this was kind of my my thing I wanted to bring up is if you look at lands um his roster right now There's no coincidence that this three-year contract falls in the same three years that you'll have Vlad Guerrero Jr. for 1.5. If Vlad breaks into the league and Land calls him up this year, which I fully expect him to do, I don't feel like Land's one of those that's like, hey, go get 500 points in the minors and I'll bring you up and have you for three years. Um, I feel that Vlad's going to be on his team soon and he's going to have three years at 1.5. So if you just take it just those two players, if Vlad produces the way he's supposed to produce, you're actually looking at two of the top players in the league for 18 bucks a piece. Or yeah, 17 man. bucks a piece, because you cut them in half. And that I mean, not that not that I think Vlad Jr. gets you $17, but the impact of 33 is a lot easier when you're one of your top players is making 1.5. And that's again the uniqueness of this league and how it's set up with contracts. Is you cannot, I do not think you can win a league. Sorry, Travis, without some youth and small contracts, which you're going to have a lot of those based on your trades and signings. You're going to have to find a bunch of one point two or two dollar a deal a year deal things, whatever. I'm still rusty on this thing, um, but we're uh, it's still spring I mean, training for us. Yeah, it's very spring training. We're not mid season form yeah. at all, but it. Uh, I think that Chris showed a little bit of that. You've shown that through the early years with Carlos Correa and those guys that you brought up through your system, and had money to go buy some of the bigger guys. But this is a new level. This is a new level of like, yeah. hey, I'm going to dump a s ton of money on this guy because I've got younger names and I've got a minor league system that looks ridiculous with Vlad Guerrero Jr. with uh, you know Kyle Tucker, uh, all these other names he's got. He's got Royce Lewis the fifth overall. He's got Kyle Tucker the ninth overall, the first overall with Vlad. I mean, he's got a very young productive minor league system that if they all start making a move up, this $33 is not going to hurt that much.
0: Yeah. And I, I don't disagree with, with how Lannas constructed this roster and had and and created the financial space to go out and spend $35 a year for the next three years on one of the best pitchers in baseball. I, I think that that happens because he did build such a young roster. So there's no doubt there's it's, it, it's the model that the Padres took in Major League Baseball, right? They they were able to go spin on Machado because they have so many young guys in the system and in the on the roster. But at the same time, I I want to disagree on the point that you can't you can't win without some young guys. Now, does it help? Does it create different flexibility? Sure, but I don't think you can win in Harry Dole Fantasy Baseball unless you have multiple top fifteen. Uh, point gatherers of the season on your roster. If, if you're not going after the big guys and I'm talking about in a particular season, and I know building for future and all of those plays into our league. Uh, but if you're not having the, some of the top guns, the big, the big bats, the big arms of, of the season, you know, look at the Wichita white wolves They had both Cy Young winners on their roster. You don't think that helped. You, know, you don't think Machado helped. I mean, they had, he has Arnado. There's those kinds of players. That's the reason. That's how uh, rosters can be, uh, championships can be won.
1: In, in that that's, that's what I just said. I said, you have to have those top, those top players. And some of those top players, you have to go out and get with a lot of money. But then, you just made my point for me by saying he had both Cy Youngs. One of those Cy Youngs he paid $11 a year for. The other one he paid $2 a year for. He found a productive player that went way above what he expected. And I think sure. he would admit that fully. But you have to have I just, you have to have to those big-name players on your team along with low-end steals. Well, low-end steals, low-end contracts that you get $2 for two years for Blake Snell. And you know what? Blake Snell's probably going to be on the Wolves unless he just – lays an egg for two consecutive years, but for at least three to four more years because of our extension setup. So I, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, you can have four guys in the top 15 to be set up, but you still have to have 24 or four guys. And you have to have 21 other guys on your team. And those 21 other guys have to produce enough points to help construct an entire roster.
0: That's, that is true across the board. And I want Blake to have a finals final say on this discussion, but that's true across the board, but you, I, I guess where my disagreement is is you don't have to you don't have to build a roster around young up and coming prospects to win a league championship. What's most important, and I agree with you, there has to be a balance. You have to you have to get lucky on some of the the low end contracts, waiver wire pickups, right? I, I think that element exists, but I, but I think going through a you know a quote unquote rebuilding process of all young guys and doing that is not necessary if if you have and can go get some of the big names. Uh, Blake, I'll, I'll give you final thought on on this discussion, and then we'll move along on some winners and losers of round
2: one. Original topic in question: You asked, "Does Lands bid?" Will it, you know, basically signal a new kind of era in free agency? And I don't I don't think it will, because if you look at next year, for example, Mike Trout's coming out out who's the best, you know, overall player in the league. But you're gonna have, I mean, your whole roster, Travis, Harper, Betts, possibly Bryant, uh, JD Martinez, all these high-caliber bats out as well. So Why would you go spend, you know, why would you go spend thirty-five dollars a year on trout if you can get Martinez and Bryant for $35 a year combined and have two bats? So I think what Land did was the same thing he essentially did with Kershaw a few years ago. He isolated the number one game changer in the market and overbid. So I don't I don't think that uh, this is going to sound like i'm kissing land's ass i don't think that land i think land you know maybe it's just ahead of the curve and maybe a little smarter than the rest of us because he identified wow and i <laughs> you don't you don't need to say that about land <laughs> identified a an opportunity to strike to where he felt like he could get somebody that will change the makeup of his team for the next 3 years um but but I don't I don't think there's anybody else out there that I don't know that I mean I don't know that sure really worth thirty-five dollars, but I don't know that there's anybody else that is either.
1: So what I just took from that is that he's smarter than you.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, because I was be gonna going to give an him apple. yes, he is, because How I was gonna the give people less left so he's smarter yes. than you. He's smarter than me because I was gonna give him five years and have to sit on him for five years. So yes, I'll say that.
0: Let's move around the league. Uh, Every team got at least one player in round one bidding. Let's move around. Justin, I'll start with you. We'll go Blake next and me. and We'll just kind of move around the circle, so to speak. Winners and losers. Let's start with the big winners of round one. Justin.
1: Uh, It's obvious if you look at the uh, updated correct PDF that uh, Travis sent out, um, you'll notice that the winner is obvious going to be the six shooters a bottom feeder last year has made their team better with the stroke of a submit button at twelve forty-five last night um because yes i was waiting up to wait to see it hopefully it was going to come in <laughs> um brainy goes out and adds anthony rizzo paul goldschmidt and Giancarlo stanton to his offense all of them at reasonable contracts but if i'm going to be honest the only person to bid on Anthony Rizzo. So four for seven wins Anthony Rizzo. Five for two would have yeah. won it. You know, if anybody else would have, you know, if Brady would have just done that. But I expected Rizzo to get way more. Goldschmidt at four for six is a absolute steal. And in my opinion, Carlos Stanton at five for 10 is also an absolute yeah. steal. I figured all of them would go over 10 to 11, 12, $15 a piece. But Uh-oh. that was we'll, kind of what Blake was just talking are. about. There is a difference. But. We good?
2: I think everybody we're just got me now. Blake, Blake, winner. Yes. Uh, I mean, I I agree with John, I agree with Dustin. I mean, I, I I feel like I did fairly well, even though I missed on Scherzer. But Brady is far and away the winner of round one. I, I you know when the bids came out, Justin and I were texting back and forth, and I think Brady. You know, you never know with injuries, but I think on paper Brady took himself from the worst team in the division to possibly a playoff team with Brown one.
0: Yeah. I'm going to add on to that. That last point you just made, Blake, uh, I completely agree. I I think Brady's team transformed itself in round one. And it is most certainly just after one round of bidding Rizzo, Goldschmidt, Stanton uh, to, as the, the headliners here, this is a contending Club in this league right now. But I want to give a little different answer on the winner of round one. And, you know, uh, if we're sticking with teams, I'm going to say Wichita White Wolves. And here's why Um, they didn't have a lot of pieces they needed to go get. They are defending champions of Harry Dole fantasy baseball. And they went and got the pieces they needed a legitimate catcher. They got their catcher, uh, their closer locked up. They added some depth pieces on, on the arms, which. Really, no one would would have said Chris needed that, and so there, those are small moves that Chris made. Um, and he and he went, he tried to go big on someone like Goldschmidt, but um, I think the Wolves did. They got better, and no one really wants to see that unless. What about the losers, Justin? Why don't you talk about the big losers of Round One, free agent bidding?
1: Uh, I think I don't know if I'll say losers, but I will say biggest disappointment. I'm guessing Colby's pretty disappointed. Um, granted, he did get Javier Baez four years at 12 dollars a year, which is a huge addition to his uh, his offense, but talking to Colby through trades and stuff early in the offseason – he was really looking for some pitching in this thing. And Cole Hamels at two for six, that may have been a stretch for Cole Hamels because you don't know what you're getting. But also he got uh, – I'm not even going to try to say his last name, but he got Mike Fulty from the Braves. And he's injured mm. and not, he probably won't start the season in the rotation. Um, I think if you asked Colby, he would have wanted more than those three. Um, but I uh, i think that's my one of my big disappointments. And my other one, probably Oklahoma Smoke only walking away with Brandon Woodruff because I know he's looking for pitching as well to, to supplement that uh, offense he's building over there.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good way of putting it, disappointment. I, I think Zach is most certainly disappointed. Uh, four or five bids place only comes out with Brandon Woodruff, who he who he only got with a tie-breaking bid. And so, um, you know, any owner, is especially in round one, is going into round one hoping for multiple pieces that you see are going to be beneficial now and in the future, however you're setting yourselves up. And to come out with one guy um, has to be a little bit of disappointing and and a hard take, but that's more space and freedom, I guess, for Zach to come hard in round two. Blake?
2: Okay. This is nothing. Look, I like Dustin. I like Phil, but I don't get it. These guys had more money. I think they were the only team that had more money than me going into free agency. And they bid like $20 out of their 80-something dollars they had. This isn't real money, guys. Why Why do you continue to bid like the Oakland A's? Why do you continue to not spend money? To me, they are by far the, the losers of free agency because they could have been Brady. They had the money to do what Brady did and completely transform their team into a contender, and they're just content to just bid two dollar contracts outside of Patrick Corbin. I, I don't understand.
0: And Big I, surprises. I can, uh, yeah, let's let's move on to some. Go ahead, Justin.
1: So that that kind of was a surprise for me as well. I, um, in their defense, there were some some really uh, competitive bids that they made that they lost out oh, on. There we so go. So I wouldn't go. With is go as far as just saying that they didn't put the money out there. They got beat out on some bids that they probably expected to win because, again, weird stuff went down in round one where certain people were getting bids and certain people weren't. There were a lot of people, Blake, that were scared off by your talk. I mean, if you look at it, Scherzer got three, maybe four offers out of ten, and he should have been offered by ten teams that could afford to at least put something on him. So, I mean, I wouldn't say that... I mean, I, I agree. I think I think they probably wanted a bigger name, but at the same time, it just it just didn't work out for them.
2: Well, let's but go. Ahead that, hold on, hold on. You just said got scared off by my talk. I still go back to it's not real money. Why should that scare you?
1: Because if you here's here's the thing on the scared part of it, and I, I'm not saying that they're scared. I'm not. I'm saying if if I know that I have to go twenty five dollars plus a year for five years to get Max Scherzer, based on what kind of the the feel you've put out but I need a pitcher, I can't put 25 on Scherzer and 19 on Kluber because if I win both of them, I'm screwed. Now, they're in a different financial situation. Me and that were actually kind of in the same. We had a ton of money. But if I go put a huge contract on, on Scherzer, assuming that I'm going to lose him, so I have to back that up with another player and may have to go big on them. If I win both of those, I have handcuffed my team for four to five years. So there is a little bit of... A little bit of strategy in there as well as okay, Blake's gonna go over the top on this guy or Land's gonna go over the top on this guy. I'm not even gonna put a bid on him because I don't want to accidentally win both. And then you can't you can't go over your salary cap once. You know, so if you sign eight people in the first round accidentally, you only planned on signing four and you go over, now you're in a whole different financial issue and a whole different roster setup issue. So yes, it's fake money, but there is still a a little bit of a little strategy has to go into it where you don't accidentally go over by making a bid that you thought, oh, that'll get blown out of the water. And it doesn't. And now you're stuck with two guys that – your two top players that you bid overbid on. So that's just kind of my thought on it.
0: My uh, my biggest surprise of round one is the fact that the number two projected uh, free agent in points by Fan Tracks, Anthony Rizzo, only received one bid. And I guess my one B surprise is Goldschmidt only received two bids. These are two of the biggest bats, biggest names in major league baseball, and they contribute at a high fantasy baseball level. And they, I guess because of financial restrictions, I'd have to dive deeper into, I know for Aiken's army, it was financial, not out of desire, But uh, man, the surprise nonetheless, when you had multiple teams with big salary cap spaces not go out and put a, a decent bid for Anthony Rizzo, just maybe hoping you could get him. And so six shooters get not only one legitimate first baseman, they have two of the top first basemen in Major League Baseball on their roster. And it's a big reason. That's a huge surprise, in my opinion.
1: I think another surprise from my side would have to be um, and I'm just, I mean, I think the, the bias of our whole league towards two or three different teams is apparent. Um, this is not a shot at Blake, but three years for Jose LeClerc with the history of Rangers closers um, is interesting because the Rangers haven't gone a full season with a closer in a while Um and then just some of the like, don't 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 rule out the fact that no Chris Archer has not been performing at his top. Chris Archer did not get bid on until twelve forty five last night. Chris Archer and Anthony yeah. Rizzo were the, was another. Chris Archer was That's another person one. who did not have a bid for the entire week. Uh, Wade Davis did not have a bid for the entire week, from what I understand. Um, there's there's just this was just a a weird first round and. It's I don't again I don't know if it's people that are like hey I don't want to go all in for this year because there's a ton of names next year, um, and there's now that I've looked at it, there's more pitching names than I thought were available next year so next year could be like just ridiculously huge, or if it was you know I'm kind of good I have a, I have a certain spot that I want to add whereas I think Brady went is I just want to take every good player I can get my hands on, where uh, maybe my team I looked at and said I need an outfielder and I need a second baseman. Those are the we're gonna. Uh, I'm gonna aim at our shortstop or whatever. That's what I'm gonna aim at. That's what I'm gonna go get. And it just showed two different styles. Brady was like, I'm gonna throw a big old net out here, and I'm gonna make decent bids on a ton of people because he put 11 or 12 bids in total, and won eight, and he got eight people. I wouldn't say all eight of them are gonna pr- contribute at the top, but he got three of the top 10 to 15 players in baseball. Uh, so it's just. I was surprised with how yeah. So how uh, winners, awesome losers,
0: crazy. surprises of round one. The great news is, fellas, um, there are two more rounds to make your teams better for two thousand nineteen. So round one is in the books, and uh, and obviously it's a big day in the in the league and Harry Dole Fantasy Baseball because every team, for better or for worse, has been uh, you know. To a, to a certain extent, transformed, uh, has has added some pieces that are either going to uh, lead them to a bobblehead and, in October or it's going to hinder them down the You're road. So big home. day in Harry Dole Fantasy Baseball. And, Justin, we have round two coming up. So when you look ahead to round two, we'll take just a moment to think ahead for a second. What do you expect or, or what kind of your thoughts as we head into the second round? free agent bidding.
1: I will say, uh, you're, you're breaking up a little bit, so I'm not sure. I think you asked about round two. Um, but I will tell you there's some big names or I'm sorry, there's not a, a huge number of big names available, but there are some role players and some people we've mentioned about in past episodes of possible, um, you know, sleepers in a John Lester type or, you know, Ronaldo Lopez is getting a ton of recognition and talk on um, a lot of fantasy sites that this could be a year. And he finally breaks out hitter side, I, you know, offense side. We talked last week that it was like tier one, tier two, and then a massive drop off. So th- round two on the offensive side, I feel is going to be all about finding the sleeper that's going to produce. I think you're not going to see a ton of huge contracts. I think you're going to see some testing contracts, maybe one, two years low number contracts that are easy to buy out if the person sucks. Um, I don't really have a lot of names to throw out there because I haven't had a shot to look at it. Cause all this stuff, even though I've known about it, wasn't final until an hour and a half ago. So I haven't had a, tra- a shot to really dive into my look at it, but I think you could, um, you could see some of these young guys, um, get signed that are just, just el- like just out of minor eligibility that weren't on teams. um, uh, Miguel Sano could have a big year. There's talk of that. And then there's that, you know, like Evan Longorias, who have been around forever, who seem to always produce. He's expected at 376 this year. That could still be a good sub player for somebody if somebody were to, um, you know, have an injury. Uh, I'm. I think honestly, I think this year we will see more waiver wire openings per roster at the beginning of the season than we have in past. Usually, we have two or three per team. I think you're going to see a lot of teams with five to six rotational players available at the start of the game, at the start of the season. Yeah, you know,
0: and, and as as someone who got to see the the bids come in live, and, and free agent round one bids have been going on since Wednesday afternoon of last week, and and up until late last night, uh, I was expecting a round two bidding war with Rizzo and Giancarlo Stanton involved in, in the in the process. And obviously, those two guys have been taken off the board, and so the kind of the luster of round two names has worn off a little bit. But but exactly to what you said, there are there is value still in round two, and and every roster is in a different place now. And there are going to be some surprises, I think, in round two. And I think we're not going to see a whole lot of overlap in in bidding for the same player because guys have different needs and different thoughts and everyone's trying to stay within their own budgets. But there is some value out there uh, that will be very interesting to see over the next couple of days. Blake, what about you, round two, kind of just general thoughts or expectations as we head into the second round?
2: I mean, I think looking at what is still available, the where you're going to see the, uh, I mean, the teams that still need pitching is is where you're going to see the bulk of the bids, in my opinion. There's not a whole lot of, like Justin was saying, there's a big drop off in offensive talent. But, I mean, you still have pitchers like Rick Porcello, Lester, you know, uh, Charlie Morton had a really good year last year. Uh, you have Tanaka and Hap out of New York. I mean, if they stay healthy, they're probably going to have pretty solid years just because they're going to be on a good team. So, I mean, there's not top-level pitchers, but there's still some very solid starting pitchers left out there to go grab in round two.
1: You also have to remember that, like you said, Travis, every team has a little bit of a new look today, whether it was eight players or one player. And adding these players now open up a whole new page for trades and moves Mm -hmm. in that situation. Um, I think that... I think that adding these players and people kind of seeing how they situated out and kind of, I mean, y'all know me, I love a good trade, so I'm already saying it's open, give me a call. Uh, But those trades now, there's going to be new life towards that because there's new players and there's new hope. Like Brady may be all in to start looking for some pitching and trade some, maybe not trade a Goldschmidt or a Rizzo, but trade another player he has on his team or another a piece that he thought was going to be contributing this year, but had such a great win in first round that maybe he can he can look at moving in Elvis Andrews or something to that effect. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think we're going to look at round two after the bids come out and after it's settled and be like, man, that guy won because of their bids. I think they're going to say that guy won because he made a great trade in the last four days.
0: And we have seen especially over the last two seasons, the value of trades just skyrocket in Harry Dole fantasy baseball. And, and that's probably to a large extent, the reason you only see two bids on a Goldschmidt, one bid on a Rizzo. I think there was only three bids or three or four on Charlie Blackman, those kinds of things, because, you know, from my standpoint, as owner of Aiken's army, I did all, I did the bulk of my off season shopping, so to speak, I did that back in uh, end of January and early February with my trades. And so trades are obviously going to open up to a whole different realm, which will be a fun aspect to pay attention to. But I think that may have contributed to some of the uh, surprises of round one. And I no doubt expect some more surprises in round two. And if you are curious to how round two is going to go down, Round two bidding, blind bidding, will open up either today or tomorrow. And as soon as that opens, you'll have uh, until Friday at noon to submit your round two bids. And after round two bids have been uh, taken care of and processed and all those good things, round three will be a very quick turnaround. Round three will be opened shortly after round two has ended. And the deadline for round three will be this Sunday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. All of that will be communicated in text and emails. And if you are not a part of Dole Fantasy Baseball and you want to know what's going on, feel free to let me know on Twitter at Travis Akins. Justin, give your Twitter handle real quick.
1: Let me turn my mic up. Yeah, uh, my Twitter handle would be Deering22. That's D-E-A-R-I-N-G-22. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Travis, uh, I want you to... Travis, one more time, say when round three starts because you may have cut out because of your wonderful Oklahoma internet. It starts Saturday at what time?
0: Yep. Saturday, will. Uh, we'll, we'll open up Friday, late Friday or early Saturday, and you'll have to Sunday at 5 and... Uh, all that will be communicated as we Sweet. So round two, round
1: sure three. No collision. Round,
0: round two and round 3 we'll have quick turnarounds. And so it's a fun week. We are almost to real life baseball. Can you believe it? It is we're time- almost
1: to the slowest minor league draft in the history of fantasy baseball. Let's be real. That's what we're almost to.
0: I'm so glad I only have to make one pick this year. For Blake Mitchamore, Justin Deering, I'm Travis Akins. You've been listening to just, listening a, bit to
1: just a bit outside.
2: So long, everybody. Hey hey Justin, call me and we'll work out the Kluber trade. Wait, Kluber to the Tigers.